Welcome to the Omni Sports Podcast. 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 Featuring your host, Bobby Labida. Hello and welcome in everyone to another week of the Omni Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Labita, back here for week 15. And if this past week you found an interesting Wikipedia article that you did not put your screen down from and you just been staring at it and you don't know what's happened in basketball, don't worry, I got you. But before we get into all of the news and notes from this week, we're going to be talking about this week's sponsor, which is Inclement Weather. There's been a lot of drama going on in basketball, a lot of inclement weather. And also why I record this podcast, an atmospheric river is falling down upon California. So I do apologize if you hear any rain audio. I tried to record this around when a shower was happening, but we'll see how lucky or fortuitous I will be. But maybe this is just, you know, this is a nice and cozy podcast, a little ASMR, a little rain action in the background. But before we all drown from this water... Let's get into our storylines of the week. Storylines of the week. One. 49ers wide receiver in the front row. Embiid loses it. Hits the floor. Trying to save it. Ball knocked around. Curry. He's got the angle. And the bucket. And Embiid is down. Joel Embiid is down on the ground. All right. Our first storyline of the week is a doozy. There's lots of steps to it. So I do apologize if this takes a moment, but I got to I got to give you all the layers because this story is like an onion and there are many layers. So if you remember last week, I talked about how people were clowning Joel Embiid for missing and ducking the Denver Nuggets game. For some added context, he was not listed on the injury report for that Nuggets game till like 15 minutes before the game and then he was taken out and so a lot of people were like how do you go from basically being fine to out so quickly and this had resulted in the 76ers getting fined Joel Embiid missed the next couple of games and again people were like oh maybe he's not actually hurt he was just trying to you know clown the system or try to avoid things and so he played against the Warriors and during this game he injured his um his knee and this led to another conversation swing the opposite way that people were like oh fans are too hard we basically forced Joel Embiid to play and there when you watch the game clearly he was not right and it made you wonder why he was out there to begin with and that it led credence to when he missed the game on the Saturday against the Nuggets however it felt like he came back too soon Unfortunately, a lot of people, I think, are missing a big part of this conversation because they're like, oh, this is an issue with the fans. They're complaining too much. This is an issue with the 76ers medical staff, which I do think there is some blame with that. But a lot of people are acting like the 76ers medical staff, like mur- <laughs> like murdered Joel Embiid. But if you actually watch the play and watch the highlight, I don't think having a prior injury mattered at all with what happened because it was a really intense play. Kaminga was diving for the ball and basically lands on his leg, hyperextends it, and it bends backwards. I watched this play live and immediately I was like, oh, that he he's done for a while. And he's now getting surgery on his knee. And again, a lot of people are complaining that the Sixers staff did wrong by him, that Joel Embiid was pushed too hard, that this is a reason to critique the 65 game 
limit because it's forcing players to, you know, play when they're injured. And I understand that. But if you actually watch the play, I think he gets injured regardless if he plays this game. Now, should he have been playing? Probably not. But I don't think the reason that he's injured is because he's played. It's because it was a freak play that just happened to happen. It was not even on the knee that led him to be out in the first place. So I think it's an unfortunate circumstance. I think people are trying to blame people. Unfortunately, sometimes with injuries, they just they just happen. They're freak accidents. There's no malice. It's just a bunch of really aggressive athletes playing a sport. And so, Joel, I hope I hope that this surgery goes well and you can get better as soon as you can. I'm back on that basketball court because basketball is much better when you're playing on it. Our second storyline is a continuation of a storyline from last week. Last week, we announced the All-Star Starters, who's going to be playing as a start in the All-Star game. And this week, we got the list of reserves. So we're going to talk about the reserves and maybe some people who are not on this list that people thought should be or could be on that list. So first, I'm going to start with the East, and then I'm going to go with the West. So added to the All-Star team, we have Bam Adebayo, we have Paolo Banquero, we have Jalen Brown, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxey, and Donovan Mitchell. And last, we have Julius Randle. In the West, added, we have Devin Booker, Stephen Curry, Anthony Davis, Anthony Edwards, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Carl Anthony Towns. So first, I'm going to talk about the East. I think uh, most of these players make a whole lot of sense. I think I'm happy Jalen Brunson's on it. Paolo's finally getting some of his flowers. Unfortunately, Randall is hurt, so he won't be playing in this game. Um, but probably the biggest snub that people are talking about in the East is Trey Young. He has the second most assists per game in the league and the most in the East. And, you know, the Hawks don't necessarily have a great record, but they have a really good offense. And he's the engine of that offense and is doing a great job with it. In the West, there was also a couple notable people who were snubbed most notably maybe it was uh, Sabonis from the Kings who's playing amazing he's averaging a double double I think he has like a double double in like 20 something plus games which he's about to break the Kings record for the most games in a row with a double double or has already tied it um, he's there very close you also have Gobert who's a bit of a surprise not to be there but given the fact there's already two other Timberwolves it makes sense that you know it's very hard to have three players from one team it's hard to have two players from one team but three players from one team so um you'd have to imagine for gobert to be on there that probably cat uh carl anthony towns gets off of that list um and then you also have uh you know Wemby. some people are wondering if he should be on it i think it's a little premature but i think definitely next year he'll be in this conversation people who are on this list are both lists that maybe could be taken off uh in the east I'd have to maybe look at Tyrese Maxey. He started the year really strong. He hit a slump, though he did have a really good game last week. Um, But it's possible that I would I would probably have Trey above him. And in the West, it's difficult because I think the West is so stacked. I do think that it's hard to have two Lakers on this list, given their record. Um, But it's also hard to say that LeBron and Anthony Davis haven't played like all stars. But I think I'll. 
for the most part, these teams make sense. If your favorite player is not yet picked, there are a couple of reserves who are going to be listed by Adam Silver, who's the commissioner. The reserves are there if there's injuries. For example, Julius Randle will need a replacement. So you can expect some of these players who are borderline All-Stars um, have a chance to still end up playing during the All-Star game in February. Our third storyline this week involves LeBron James. On Wednesday night, he tweeted out an hourglass, a very cryptic sort of message implying time's up. Uh, LeBron is known for doing sometimes these sort of tweets that makes you go, what is happening? Is he promoting something or is he actually frustrated? The very next day, LeBron and Anthony Davis set out their game against the Celtics, which surprised people because, you know, it's the Celtics and it was a big national game. And then rumors started flying that if Darvin Ham, if the game went bad, that he could be fired. And then news broke from a pretty reputable reporter that the Lakers or Someone was looking to trade LeBron, whether it was LeBron who was interested or the Lakers was unclear. And then later the next day, LeBron's agent came out and said that, no, LeBron is not going to be traded. And we don't know exactly what's going on, but this feels like a pretty common cycle. If you're familiar with the LeBron sort of um, having him on a team is that. Around the trade deadline, especially if a team is not doing good, the Lakers are above 500, but barely you would you would expect them to be doing better Um, that all of these rumors start uh, start going around. I do expect the Lakers to make a move and don't expect to be as big or a flashy move as it was last year. But um, as a Lakers fan, I can tell you it was pretty terrifying, (laughs) you know, reading these news, uh, this news article. However, the Lakers surprised everyone, and with their two best players out, they beat the Celtics, which was kind of cool. But, yeah, a lot of Lakers fans are upset at Darvin Ham. They think he is to blame. They think that the ownership of the Lakers is not doing what they need to, the necessary moves in order to make the Lakers successful. So um, I'm sure this will be a storyline that will continue, especially as the trade uh, trade deadline looms and lingers large in many people's minds. In this week's section of news and notes, we have three different news and notes ranging from not good to neutral to good. Starting off with the not good. Unfortunately, Zach Levine is out for the rest of the year. He is undergoing right foot surgery. He consulted with his uh, personal doctors and it sounds like his agent. They decided to shut him down for the year. Some people speculate this might be a response to rumors that he could be traded and that maybe this is a way to prevent him from being traded. I don't know if that's true. It is true Zach Levine is on a very expensive contract that is long term. He has three more years on it. And that could make it difficult for the Bulls to trade him as he's a very expensive asset that play that other teams may not want. Now, into more neutral news, we have another trade. This trade involves the Rockets and the Grizzlies. The Rockets get Steven Adams, who is currently injured and out for the rest of the year, and the Grizzlies get Victor Aladipo. Two 2024 second round picks and one 2025 second round picks. So three second round picks overall. This is definitely a future move for both teams. The Rockets get a really good player in Steven Adams, who is unfortunately hurt and not playing. And then the Grizzlies get sort of a bad contract with Victor Oladipo, but they get extra draft capital, 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 capital to reload for next year. And so 
I think this will be a beneficial trade for both teams. Um, I think Steven Adams, I think the idea of Alpi and Steven Adams playing together, that could be really interesting, or maybe you have them, you know, staggering minutes, but I think it's really cool. And in a good news and notes, we had a milestone. Russell Westbrook became the 25th person to 20, score 25,000 uh, points. On top of that, he became only the second person ever joining LeBron James to have 25,000 points, 9,000 assists, and 8,000 rebounds. Uh, the Clippers locker room went crazy for him after the game. The Clippers vibes, they're just they are just good vibes, and Russell Westbrook is doing great. Uh, I was very fortunate last week with my girlfriend uh we went to a clippers lakers game um unfortunately for us as lakers fans the clippers won however the clippers looked really good and one thing that was really funny is russell westbrook made one of the wildest shots i've ever seen i'm watching and it looks like he gets really low and i'm like is he like trolling our team i don't know what's going on and he shoots the ball it's a three and the crowd loses it when he makes it. I'm like, okay, it's a three pointer and I, I, I support Russ. What's going on? But his shoe had fallen off and he so he made a three while missing a shoe. And uh, I think that, you know, Russell Westbrook has found a home with the Clippers. Unfortunately, I think for the Lakers, it was just bad vibes on both sides and that wasn't fitting. But I think he fits a lot better on the Clippers. Um, and so kudos to you, Russell, on your, you know, f- uh, you know, definitely Hall of Fame career. Uh, another notch in your belt uh, for what is one of you know the best careers that I've been very fortunate, uh, fortunate to watch from beginning to end in my lifetime. Continuing our trend of threes, it is basketball anyway. We're going to be looking at three different trends and streaks. And the first trend, um, if you want to call it a trend, is just Josh Hart being <laughs> so funny. The clip that you heard there was that Josh Hart was basically telling a ref, how could you get this call right from the position that you were in? It was impossible for you to see me, but you got the call right and uh, made the referee laugh. And pretty much Josh Hart, I don't know if he's a basketball player. I think he's a comedian that happens to play basketball, but he's always so funny and has good vibes. Now, going into a uh, not so good trend. If you remember last week, I said, I don't know if this trend of 60 point games is necessarily good for basketball or means that it's good for their team. And we have another data point that kind of points in that direction this week with Steph Curry. Steph Curry in a game that went into overtime had 60 points on 22 of 38 shooting. He went 10 of 23 from the three-point range was perfect from the uh, f- uh, f- with field goals. Uh, sorry, for with free throws, he had six rebounds, four assists, and only two turnovers. But they lost. And if you watch the game, it, Curry was doing everything he could to try to will this team into succeeding. But that's the issues with these big games, right? Is that it's just one player killing a team and not everyone else doing their job. The Warriors, man, they they keep finding ways to lose, and it just doesn't look good. Klay Thompson's shot is now off again, and it 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 feels like he's just doing 
a little too much. I think Kaminga and, you know, uh, Podemski have taken steps up, especially Kaminga recently. So I, I look for that to be optimistic for the Warriors, but I think you're going to really have to consider changing the the minutes and who's doing what in the rotation because, it you know, the Warriors keep finding uh, snatching, uh, you know, uh, defeat in the jaws of victory, which is exactly what you don't want and not something you'd expect from a championship caliber team and a team that has so many rings on it but now ending on a good trend we talked about his teammate a little earlier but Kawhi Leonard in the last 25 games his shooting splits are 57 50 and 90 and if you don't know what shooting splits are these three categories the order they go in is the 57 would be uh, his field goal percentage 50 would be his three-point percentage and 90 would be his uh, free throw uh, free throw percentage typically if you have a 40 50 90 that's considered a Excellent, high caliber statistic, um, and um, or as reverse that 50, 40, 90. Um, and Kawhi is beating that 57 f- uh, from the field is amazing in 25 games, but 50% from the three point line. Kawhi has just been automatic with James Harden. He's able to conserve some of his energy, and he's been doing great on defense. I think Kawhi, you know, he's been playing amazingly, and I think people may not have noticed just because they're so used to him being good, Uh, but he's really playing good. And um, as we've talked about many times on this podcast this year, he's playing a lot of games. You can't make the criticisms uh, that you have in the past of him because he's just been doing so, so good. So that ends our trends and streak segment. And I just want to say thank you all. This week's episode is a little bit shorter. Just trying to get more to the punch and try to be a little more efficient in getting these stories to you. And this week, especially with uh, some of the storylines that dominated, it felt like more of kind of that, you know, there's a little less to unpack and debrief. But I would look forward to and would love in the future to maybe answer some listener questions. So if you are listening to this podcast on Spotify, you can uh, send in a voice message if you wish to. Uh, you can also write comments in the show itself. There's always a question there. And if you are not on Spotify, you could do so on YouTube or anywhere else that lets you do it. You can also email us at omnisports at, four, uh, omnisports at 423 at gmail.com um, so that I can answer any of your questions you may have, whether it's fantasy decisions, whether it's just what I think will happen in regards to basketball. So, uh, if you're uh, in California, especially, try to stay uh, stay dry. There's lots of inclement weather everywhere else. Hopefully our sponsor this week will uh, not ruin your week. And have a great day.